Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series sponsored by Dell. I'm Russ Riley along with Jeff Johnson. Today's podcast is about unified communications, a technology that will revolutionize the way we communicate on a daily basis and eventually even the way we work. Our podcast today will give us a great overview of unified communications from an end user perspective, from a business perspective, and more importantly, from an IT perspective. So let's listen to Stephen Wanless, Senior Manager, leading Dell's Unified Communications Initiative. Welcome, Stephen. Let's get started. First, give us a broad overview of just what exactly is Unified Communications. Well, let me kick it off just by saying that in business, people are communicating all the time. The way that they communicate uh, really hasn't changed for some time now. And the different methods of communication that they're using change throughout their business day. However, what most of us suffer from is the fact that whatever technology we're using to deliver a particular piece of communication, now that might be a telephone message, that might be a piece of email, it might be an instant messenger conversation, conversation, the technology that we're using locks that conversation or it locks that message into a silo generated by the use of the technology. And what I mean by that is that if somebody calls me on my cell phone and I'm not available and they leave me a voicemail message, the only place that I'm going to go to pick that voicemail message up is through the voicemail system attached to my cell phone. Now, I may wind up having multiple voicemail messages. I may have a cell phone voicemail message. I may have an answering system at home. I may have a, a work voicemail message that's attached to the telephone on my desk. Now I'm just looking at three different silos of technology for essentially one medium of communication, which is spoken word into voicemail. So unified communications is really about how do we begin to move communication out of the silos generated by technology for us and enable a common delivery mechanism for any form of message to be delivered to me in a way that's most appropriate to wherever I am and whatever I'm doing currently at the time that the message is delivered. Give us a real-world example of how unified communications actually works. Okay, let me try and give you two different examples. Firstly, let's try and stick with speech, with voice messaging. And so imagine, for instance, that someone is trying to reach me and they're calling into Dell's telephony infrastructure. In a unified communications environment, that telephone call comes in to the main Dell switchboard and it gets moved onto an IP gateway. So now that telephone call is happening as a voice over IP call. The next stage is that the unified communications infrastructure in a real-time way tries to work out what's the best way to deliver that call to me? Where is Steve? And so the first thing that's going to happen is the infrastructure will look at my calendar and it will say, you know, is Steve in a meeting? If Steve's in a meeting, he's probably got the equivalent of a do not disturb sign for his telephone calls. So in that situation, we'll route that call directly to the voicemail system. The voicemail system will uh, take that incoming call, take a message from that incoming call, turn it into the equivalent of like an MP3 file, and then potentially email that voicemail to me. And that email will then head off to the Sarbanes-Oxley archives as well, so that that's all taken care of. So I'm sitting in a meeting. I don't know that somebody 
somebody has called me, but suddenly on my email system I'll see an incoming piece of email with a voicemail contained inside of that email as, like I say, an MP3 file. But alternatively, if I'm not busy, what the system will do is it'll then route that incoming call to my desk phone, but potentially at the same time simultaneously ring the equivalent of a soft telephone on my laptop because I think I'm like most people inside of Dell wherever I am at any time of the day my laptop is with me and it's on and it's doing stuff so as well as the telephone on my desk ringing simultaneously my laptop is displaying the fact that I have an incoming call too I can choose to accept that call on my laptop and then use the microphone and speakers that are embedded in the laptop or I may well have some kind of Bluetooth headset that uh, is in my ear that is Bluetooth radioed into the laptop, answer the telephone call on the Bluetooth headset and talk privately, or I can just choose to pick up the telephone on my desk if I'm actually sitting there. And so an important element of unified communications is that it contains a real-time presence mechanism that attempts to route the call or route the message to you as intelligently as it can, bearing in mind what are you doing at any given time and what capabilities do you have. So in the example of that I'm sitting in a meeting, I don't have the ability to take a voice call, but I do have the ability to take an email. I'm sitting at my desk, well, I may as well just pick up the telephone or answer the call as it comes into my laptop. That's one example of, you know, real-world usage. The other example is, for instance, I may have a cell phone. And on that cell phone, I'm able to send and receive text messages. Now, there may be somebody on the other side of the world, over in EMEA, for instance, that has a burning question that they just have to have answered by me, uh, 24 by 7. And they'll look at my presence indicator and realize that actually I'm online, even if just my cell phone is on. And they'll open an instant messenger window to me and type a message. And that message will then be delivered to me as a text message on my cell phone. I can then choose to reply to that or ignore it, depending on what time of the day that it comes in. But again, it's a mechanism by which it's linking endpoint devices. My cell phone is an endpoint device. It can take uh, voice communication. It can create text messages. It can take voicemail. And then that can move back into the unified communication infrastructure and that can appear as an instant messenger endpoint or it can appear as a mechanism to send other data files to. What it seems like is that a lot of the components for unified communications already exist. So what's the big so what of the next generation of unified communications? You're right. All of the, all of the communication technologies within unified communication do currently exist. The big so what about unified communications is that it's taking steps to deliver those messages from the current technologies to you in a real-time and intelligent manner. And it's trying to break down, as I was saying earlier, those technology silos that keep a message locked inside of the technology that delivers it to you. 
Can you cover for us what you think some of the benefits of end users are? But I have to tell you, I have to wonder whether we want to be as accessible as we really are. But what will be the benefits? I agree with you about the degree of accessibility. Living in a 24 by 7 world has its, has its downside. To talk about the benefits, I mean, I don't believe there's a business out there that can exist without communication. Communication between its employees, communication from its end users, its customers, to its employees. Just communication into some of the infrastructure that those end users, those customers are hoping to use. So for instance when you get emails sent to you, when for instance UPS delivers a package there's a good example of some small piece of unified communication. Having the ability for customers to open up instant messenger queries to some of your customer support help desks, there's another good example. Customers that are able to leave a voice message somewhere and know that that voice message is going to be routed in real time to the most appropriate person to answer their question and that they'll either get an email reply back or potentially get a voice message inside of an email back to respond to their query. All of these things are good things in terms of customer service out to an end user. And then when you look at the amount of time that a corporation's employees spend communicating with each other, if you can optimize the mechanism of communication between them, all you can do is is positively affect the bottom line. This is why unified communications is going to be the productivity application of perhaps the next 10 to 15 years. It seems to me that there would be real benefits to the enterprise, too. Can you talk about those as well? Sure, I can. And actually, enterprise can span anything from small business to very, very large organization. Let me just give you an example of how unified communication can really positively impact small businesses. Let's say, for instance, that I'm running a small enterprise of perhaps 10 people. And those 10 people are spread all over the country. And there's no physical place that those people actually come together to represent what the enterprise or what the business is. They're always spread around the country. They may be traveling, they may have home offices, but there's no one location, no one office that they always come into you know, by default. And the infrastructure to deliver unified communications to those people already exists in, for instance, all the uh, ISP providers out there that are delivering broadband into my home, into anybody's home, through, for instance, a cable modem. And so I can have my cable modem coming into a home. That cable modem can be hooked up to a wireless router. That wireless router can be communicating with a laptop PC. I'm sitting out by my swimming pool enjoying the Texas sunshine. And at the same time as I'm doing that, I'm receiving email from other members of my organization through the wireless link to my email system on the laptop. I can then decide I want to have a voice conversation with one of my colleagues who may be in Florida sitting by their swimming pool or maybe up in Missouri. And I can literally click to dial on the, the name or, the, or uh, the representation of that individual and have a telephone conversation with that individual through my computer without ever even picking up a telephone. And so I can seamlessly move from written communication 
link to voice communication using the same infrastructure that almost everybody has present in their homes at the moment that are engaged in small businesses. And so unified communications is just an infrastructure layer that sits on top of the IP network that almost every business currently has in it at the moment. Now, that said, for small business, you can see how you can take that concept and scale it up into very, very large businesses, and you can see how virtual work groups, for instance, or virtual teams can now almost run their own unified communications system to communicate with themselves virtually just within the team. And they're not even using telephony in the way that we understand it in a corporate environment now. So unified communications and the infrastructure that goes with it both virtualizes the organization that it's implemented in as well as then rebinds it together to create these very tight virtual teams. I think that's something that's going to be appealing to almost every enterprise out there. What about things like um, Sarbanes-Oxley and records keeping for regulatory purposes? That's something that uh, concerns an awful lot of organizations at the moment is just the sheer volume of record keeping that you need to take for Sarbanes-Oxley compliance. And so I think that unified communications is going to assist greatly there because it becomes essentially a single spigot or a single faucet that you can tap into to begin the process of archiving just about any form of communication that goes through your organization. So whether that's a telephone-to-telephone conversation that is then compressed and archived, whether that's a PC-to-PC conversation that's going on between two pieces of instant messenger infrastructure, whether that's a voicemail that's been left on a voicemail server that's now being encapsulated into an email transmission, again, it's providing a single point of archiving for all of those Sarbanes-Oxley requirements. So I think it'll be, I think unified communications will be very popular there, primarily because it eases the load on the corporation to maintain all of those records. It would seem to me that this would really impact IT infrastructure in order to handle this. Can you talk a little bit about how unified communications will impact the infrastructure? Let me point out that really unified communications is beginning the process of the data center or the IT organization beginning to handle all the telephony that's happening inside of an organization as well. But what you're going to see is more and more emphasis on network bandwidth than you are going to see on just sheer computing horsepower, you know, in terms of, you know, how many CPU cycles do I need to deliver this amount of performance to an application? Because typically what happens in a unified communication world is one endpoint wants to speak to another, the request is made of the unified communications infrastructure, the two endpoints are determined, you know, and in a real-time manner, it's recognized whether those two endpoints are actually able to communicate, then literally the infrastructure just exchanges the IP address of the two endpoints And then they go at it, you know, they're talking to each other over the IP network and the rest of the computational infrastructure really isn't involved at that point. So network bandwidth is going to be a big deal, as indeed is storage for, as we were saying earlier, all of the Sarbanes-Oxley record keeping. You're now looking at a considerable amount of storage required to archive that.
What kinds of changes do you think enterprises will need to make to their IT infrastructure to handle unified communications? That is, what will the IT infrastructure look like and how will it be different than what they have now? I'm not sure that it will be obvious how different it is to what they have now, but there are going to be two main components that the IT organization are going to look at. The first one is just sheer networking bandwidth. And then the second one is wireless communication. Because actually, as well as everything we've just set up to now, unified communications is all about constructing very, very mobile environments, very, very mobile workforces. And so, for instance, the whole concept of whether somebody has a desk phone on their desk starts to become questionable. If your laptop is operating as your personal communicator instead of a personal computer, then suddenly why do you need a desk phone? And so all the wiring and everything that normally would go into supplying a desk phone starts to vanish. You can then start asking the question, so if I no longer have a desk phone, why do I need a static desk? Why do I need to walk into the organization every day and sit in the same place? Why do I need a designated cube? And I think you're going to see that one of the first things that unified communication will do as in its impact to the organization is that it will start to break down all of the standard concepts we may have had about when we come into the office, where do we go? And I think that what you're going to start to see is organizations providing an environment that is just literally the the wireless infrastructure that you hook into as you walk into the physical shell of the building. Where you sit probably has no meaning anymore. I think that's going to impact the workforce because no longer can someone come and look for you to see if you want to go and grab a cup of coffee or something like that. From a sheer human point of view, we've got some challenges to overcome there. And then as technology begins to grow further and further, no longer will you need to actually enter the physical shell of a building to be part of the overall infrastructure of your environment or of your corporation. The example I was giving about small businesses just using cable modems to replace corporate infrastructure or corporate backbone, I think what will happen is that as the bandwidth requirements for UC grow, rows and all of the bandwidth that's deliverable to an individual, whether it's a Wi-Fi hotspot in Starbucks or whether it's a high-speed bandwidth being delivered into your home, actually gets us into the reverse of the Industrial Revolution. If you think of what the Industrial Revolution did, it picked people up from their homes and it brought them into a factory. And in the knowledge-based industries that we're into now, as our economy is growing and evolving, I think that you see technology with the virtualization that's implicit inside of it is actually going to throw people back out into their homes into virtual offices and use that technology and the real-time presence on the network to for them really to be anywhere. You can pick up a text message anywhere, you can pick up a voicemail message anywhere, and with some of the new devices that are being provided, you can now pick up email anywhere. So the old salesman's dream of working on the golf course is, is very, very doable inside of a, a UC infrastructure. We've been reading that Microsoft Exchange 2007 is going to have more robust unified communications features. Can you tell us a little bit about Exchange 2007 and maybe how it's different from Exchange 2003? 
Exchange 2007 is going to form the central pillar for the Microsoft UC architecture around which all of the other unified communication components are, are going to be built on top of because Exchange represents the store and forward component of the network. It doesn't have to operate in real time like the other unified communications components do. And so with Exchange 2007, Microsoft have, for instance, built into 2007 the ability to pick up voicemail messages and deliver voicemail messages inside of an email infrastructure. And as we've covered, that's going to be essential in terms of making sure that messages can be intelligently delivered to you depending on what your current ability is to take an incoming message. So Microsoft 2007 is going to be an absolute central component of any large UC deployment. Unified communication sounds really great for just about any kind of enterprise, but are there some that might not be interested in doing it right now? I think there are a few, and I think that it's probably limited to people that are dealing with very, very sensitive information who have got issues around security. And so, for instance, talking about the whole concept of your laptop now becoming not a personal computer, but a personal communicator, you have to start wondering to yourself, if you're in a very secure environment in which you have contractors or people from outside of your organization that are working within your infrastructure. Do you really want them walking around your buildings, your offices, carrying devices that are now able to record audio, record video, take photographs, those kind of things. So for, I think, the short term, when unified communications is in its infancy of delivery, I think there are going to be one or two organizations that just from a security point of view are not going to be resistant to the benefit of unified communications, and you'll probably find they'll implement some small pilot projects around it, but they're going to have issues in terms of large-scale deployment of all of the benefits of unified communications, just purely from a physical security point of view. But one of the ways that you could get around that would be for those contractors, you give them equipment that doesn't have recording capabilities. I mean, you could limit it that way. Sure you could. And I think that what's going to happen is that all the work that's being done around the concept of thin clients at the moment, I think what will happen is that the features or the pieces of functionality in a unified communications environment will be downloaded into your laptop or into your personal communicator so that, for instance, you've got a very different set of functionality on, on your laptop when you're physically inside your corporation's building to the functionality that you might find would be downloaded into your laptop or enabled by whatever key necessary when perhaps you're sitting in a Starbucks in Philadelphia. There's you know, a huge difference in terms of physical security that goes with location. And you can reflect all of that by the, like I was saying earlier, the real-time presence concept inside of unified communications. You can change the actual functionality of the communications devices that you have connected to you. Stephen, this has been a great overview, and I personally would like to learn more, and I'm sure our listeners would too. Where can they find more information about unified communications? 
it would be hypocrisy if I wasn't online all the time. So uh, our listeners can uh, contact me via email, for example, at dellpodcasts at dell.com. Also, the latest brochure from our Power Solutions people has got a, a great write-up white paper inside of it about the deployment of Exchange 2007 and the benefits that come with that. So visiting dell.com slash power solutions would be a good way to find out more as well. Thanks very much. This has been very informative. Thank you. Stephen, we really appreciate your time and insight today. And to our listeners, please remember to join us next week for another installment of the Data Center of the Future podcast series. (laughs) 